Welcome back to How You Slice It. Today, we're talking with uh, Dave Howie. Uh, he is the uh, franchisor of Nancy's Pizza in Chicago, which is a, a local chain that's now made uh, that brand and that product available to other operators who want to participate and, and obviously control their own destiny and, and be part of the Nancy's Pizza brand and system. His story certainly doesn't start with Nancy's. Originally, a pre-med student at Loyola, and uh, his path took a turn when he happened to meet Nancy's co-founder, Rocco, one day in line for a slice. Not long after meeting, uh, Dave opened up his own Nancy's at just 22 years old and am amazing. Nancy's remains a family business. It's being run by Dave and his whole family as they help him operate the business today. And in this episode, we'll talk about how he grew a mom and pop shop into the the brand and thriving and growing franchise that it is today. I know this is an ambition that many operators have, and I'm looking forward to to learning more about this. Welcome to How You Slice It, Dave. I'm very happy to be here. Before we get uh, into the details of Nancy's, please tell us a little bit more about your background and you know how you ended up in the in the pizza industry. Um, yeah, it's an interesting story. I uh, I was a pre med student at Loyola. I didn't make it into medical school the first time. And I had a choice of either going back to grad school or doing something else. And I had, I've always had a passion for food, like many people that get into the restaurant industry. Uh, my little Italian grandmother, you know, I used to cook in the kitchen with her. And uh, it really was a passion. And uh, I had met Rocco, I think it was my sophomore year in at Loyola. His restaurant, Nancy's, had just opened. And it was picked the best pizza in the city of Chicago by Chicago Magazine. So a bunch of us went up to uh, that restaurant and we wanted to try it. And as we're standing in line, there was such a big line of people wanted to get in after that announcement. Um, he would walk around with a tray of wine glasses to keep everybody in line so they didn't leave. I and, love that. Uh, at some point during that, we had a little bit of, he, he asked, you know, where are you from? And, and Rocco spoke very broken English. You know, he was right from Italy. He'd only been here, you know, a few years. And, uh, I told him, you know, oh, we're from Loyola. We read about you. We came up here. So we went in, sat down, and I guess this is a long, little long story, but um, we sat down, and the next thing I know, Rocco's walking over to me with a lease, mm. a building lease. Okay. And I'm like, you know, I'm in pre-med. So uh, <laughs> he comes up to me, and he basically puts it in front of me. He goes, would you please please read this right here to me? So I read it to him and uh, says, thank you. He leaves. Next thing I know, we have a big, giant platter of appetizers brought out to the table he bought for us. You know, so we're a bunch of goofballs in college. You know, we're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And uh, so we enjoyed that. And that was it. Well, maybe a year later, I went back with some people and uh, he saw me. He recognized me and he brought out another lease. <laughs> and he said, would you read this for me? I said, OK. I read it. Another big platter of appetizers come out. So after I had uh, did not get into med school that first time, I I thought I'm going to go talk to Rocco. You know, I'm 22 years old. You know, I had big aspirations. You know, puff my chest out. You know, I want to do something. And I walked in, and he said, "Okay." And it was the most amazing moment, really, of my life because I've been with Nancy's my whole life from that point on. And uh, so he said, "Okay," and we put together another partner with myself and. I partnered with Rocco and his son initially, and we opened a restaurant in uh, in Oaklawn, Illinois, 
extremely, extremely successful. 1978, we opened that. Mm. Again, coming off of all the accolades of Nancy's being the best pizza in the city, it was still, you know, 1976, 1977, it was still being written up because nobody had seen a stuffed pizza before. He invented stuffed pizza in 1971. And uh, it was at a little restaurant he called Guy's Pizza. And he wanted to be different. Rocco always wanted to be different. He was a fabulous cook. I mean, just really, you know, I don't know if you could really call him a chef. He specialized, you know, in his cooking. He was fabulous. The food was out, outrageous. And so I learned how to cook, you know, the Nancy's products from him. And we partnered. And while we were there, I, I came back full circle to those days in college. And I said, you know, when I sat down and you handed me the Alice, why did you do that? Well, it turned out Rocco couldn't speak English well, and he couldn't read English. So people were telling him what that lease said, but he didn't believe him. So he wanted to pick somebody completely that wasn't associated with him to see if they were telling him the truth, which was very smart. So I didn't know it. I was the cheapest lawyer he ever had with two platters of appetizers. I mean, it was, you know, it was a great deal for him. And, uh, and we became great friends. And we had bought Rocco out, my, my other partner, myself, we bought him and his son out. They wanted to do something else. And uh, we operated the store for a long time. And I was very close with the family during that time. And right around in 1989, um, Rocco was starting to have some heart problems. And mm-hmm. in 1990, um, Nancy called me and asked me to pick him up at the hospital. We were getting him out after his fifth bypass surgery. And on the way home, he said, I, because I had asked, I said, look, I want to buy Nancy's. I want to start franchising. And uh, he's, this is his baby. You know, he didn't want to do it. But on that drive home, he finally said, Dave, it's time, you know, if you want to do it. So we worked out the deal in 1990 and uh, we opened our first store in 1991 as a franchise and been slowly growing. Um, you know, we're not a real big chain, but uh, our products are the exact same as they've been. We buy the same tomato, same flour, same cheese, same everything that we've done. We've been very true and loyal to those products, which makes us loyal to the customers. And before we get into, you know, Nancy's growth and I think some of the lessons that I'd love for you to share, you know, Rocco, uh, certainly a uh, an innovator in cooking, especially in the pizza industry, uh, describe the stuffed pizza. What made it, spe- what makes it special and what is it? So in 1971, when he had opened Guy's Pizza, Deep Dish was really hitting its own. Lumo Nati's, you know, was opening in the 70s. That was a spinoff from Uno's here in Chicago. You know, both great, great pizzerias, great products. Um, and his friends wanted him to make a deep dish because he was only making a thin pizza at the time. And uh, he, he never liked to copy. Rocco was one to, re- he, was, he was an innovator. You know, I was blessed to be able to be side by side with him. And uh, he wanted to do something different. So he had um, his family around Easter time made an Easter cake. And it was basically a big pie very deep, but it was filled with ricotta cheese, Italian sausage, you know, spinach, different things like that. It didn't have, you know, any pizza sauce on it. So he took that, he kind of maneuvered around, he came up with his own dough, his own sauce. So now you've got a basically a pie, but that's got tomato sauce on the top. So it's got a top lid, but our our top lid, it doesn't, it doesn't crisp up like a pie. It, it cooks kind of more like a noodle because you got mm-hmm. the, the moisture from the sauce but it separates the sauce from the ingredients on the inside. So when you cut it, you see a delineation of, of uh, all your ingredients, the cheese, the sausage is all there, and then the sauce is on the top. And, and then with that, which, you know, I'm sure, you know, it tasted phenomenal, 
but it also creates a different eating experience because when you're eating into it, you can literally taste instead of a, most pan pizzas, you know, it's kind of like a, a stew of everything together. Mm-hmm. This you can taste the layers, you can taste the sauce, you can hit the, the cheese and you get a, a full, complete, you know, tasting of everything that you've ordered. So uh, it, it's, it's a very unique product. And, uh, you know, it's here it is 2020, almost 2023. And we sell an awful lot of them. It's been copied across the, the nation, stuffed pizza. Uh, the Giordano brothers, who were big here, and Giordano's is big in Chicago. The brothers that started that were pizza cooks of, like, of uh, Rocco. In 1974, wow. they were one of the first pizza cooks at his restaurant at uh, the original Nancy's. And uh, so everything kind of came from Rocco. And that happens with a lot of products, a lot of new things. But um, he never gave the recipe out. You know, that was something that was tied in. And as his partner, you know, he every one of our restaurants were built with a spice room that could be locked. So, you know, the first time I went into the restaurant, he brought me into the spice room. I had a key. He had a key. My partner had a key. <laughs> we go in mix everything up the way we told him. And it was, uh, he was very careful. You know, you know, you think about the lack of technology and all of this today, our spices are made by spice companies. You know, it's very scientific, you know, with my, my background, I was very quantitative with, you know, chemistry and all those different things. I want to make sure everything was very precise, but you know, a cup of this, a half a cup of that, you know, just like we used to, you know, everybody used to do in the old days, a lot of people do today, but uh, that's how it started. And, uh, you know, again, we, we just, we're kind of purists for what we do and, and just keep bringing that tradition forward. You know, Dave, I speak to so many operators and chefs and pizza makers uh, on, on this program. And the common theme in every episode of a successful operator or a successful entrepreneur in the industry is that they're not copying anybody else. They're very authentic. They're original. And all they're trying to do is be themselves and bring something about themselves to the world. And so I'm not surprised that the Nancy's story and success is grounded on just authenticity, which is uh, which is awesome. In terms of uh, some of those early days, what are some things that you, you know, you look back today at your 22-year-old self and 23-year-old self, what are some of the things you wish you knew then that you know now? Um, operating a restaurant. My first restaurant was a 300-seat restaurant, 40-seat bar, Wow. Massive carry on delivery business. I was 22, never stepped you know, foot as an operator in a restaurant. Um, everything in the kitchen I learned from Rocco, everything up front pretty much we had to learn. We had no computers. You know, everything was tickets by hand. I wish I had, you know, the, the things we have today, you know, back then. Um, but being in that trench, being in the trenches, it, it was it was warfare. I mean, you're, you're mm-hmm. in the trenches and you're learning. You know, you know, you didn't have things to just depend on. If you wanted data, you better sit there at night and count up all the pizzas that you, you know, take each check and add them, add them up or put them on a, you know, a, we didn't even have spreadsheets. You know, first computer I ever bought, it was a, you know, a floppy disk, you know, then they came out with a 10 megabyte hard drive and, you know, you were a, you were a champ. So, you know, everything was on, you know, just pieces of paper. So some of that, you know, I wish we had, but at the same time, like I said, it, I learned the, the, the nuts and bolts of the restaurant business. You know, we, we learned the hard way about taking inventory. We learned the hard way about, you know, portion control. And, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of that. Rocco was very much of a freestyle guy, you know, make the pizzas, you know, and, and as I'm sure your, your listeners know if they're in the industry, you know, consistency is critical. And today, you know, we have very high tech, the abilities to make every pizza the same, you know, we have 
very strict, you know, guidelines and, and systems in place to do that. We didn't have that back then. It was very much freestyle. Um, and, I, and again, that I wish we had that because, you know, th that is in, in the food business, in any business, consistency is, is the key. So um, I, I don't, did I answer the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. No, it's, uh, it's very helpful. You touched on consistency a little bit. Really, this is a two-part question. One is, it's awesome that Nancy's has now grown to about 30-plus locations. I'm assuming most are in, in and around the, the Chicago area, but perhaps not. Tell us a little bit more about that growth. And then what do you look for when, you, uh, when you're looking to expand? If I wanted to be, you know, to be part of Nancy's, what do you look for in terms of new locations or, or operators? How do you determine whether you're willing to partner with somebody or not? Well, that, that's, that's the key question. You know, location, location, location has always been the buzzword in, in, in any industry, in any business. However, being only a chain of 30, I have plenty of locations. You know, we're, we're, not, we're, we're far, far from saturation, you know, of Nancy's. Um, the key is finding the right people. The success of Nancy's, 74% uh, of our chain is original owners. And these are people that are really dedicated to what they do. They, they love the store. They're in their stores, you know, or they, they have very strong management capabilities. And, you know, that, that, that's really the key. We, we can find locations, you know, we, we can match, you know, we, we have a corporate store in the West Loop in Chicago. It's a high density location. It does amazing, amazing numbers. Um, my three boys run that store and uh, the locations are fine, but finding those, those people that are going to number one, just give in to what, what we do you know this is here's our recipes here's our systems to put them you know out to the public the same way every time you know if, if i like a pizza it's one thing with the pizza industry you know i see all your pizza boxes behind you if you're in the pizza industry it's a it's a very tight relationship between the pizza store and the customer when a mm -hmm. customer finds a pizza that they love it's their it, that's their store but if they come back and it's different every time you're going to lose that so Having those systems in place, you know, are great, but it requires a human being to be behind it and be a believer in that and be dedicated to that. You know, I, I could have changed so many things with Nancy's. The thing that, that did it for me when I was young, again, I think having my chemistry and biology background was, was very good for this business. You know, it's food, it's, you know, mm -hmm. you know, health, you know, it's all that stuff is there. So, you know, I fit in really well. But I had no knowledge. So everything I was sucking up and learning, I was like in another college and I'm watching all these customers come in for our product and coming back for the product. And it, there was a spark that said, I got to protect this product and keep it the same way or these people aren't coming back. Well, that's what it was for me. Now find somebody that, you know, hey, they just want to go on business. You know, I got money. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I want to open a store here and we can find the right locations. We, we know what to do. We have enough experience. We have stores in Chicago. The bulk of our stores are in the Chicago. Two-thirds are up here. We have a bunch of stores in the Atlanta market. We have one store in the North Carolina Raleigh market. We're looking to expand there. We want to expand in the right areas, but it has to be with the right people. And, and that, that's really the driving force for me right now. I've actually slowed up for the last few years. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been very leery about, you know, bringing in, you know, the wrong people because it's not good for them or us. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to invest a bunch of money and all of a sudden, you know, 
let's put a little extra oregano in something, or we want to, you know, we have this other idea here. We, we love innovation. We're a high-tech company, you know, internally, you know, what we do with, you know, computers and make tickets and all the different things. But, you know, the core beliefs in a product and, and the meaning of, you know, let me tell you something. There, there's, it's a curse and a blessing to have a, a, a company like Nancy's. Because if you're going to open Joe's Pizza, you can do anything you want. People are going to come in. You're going to get some that are going to like it, some that aren't. When you have a company that's 50 years old, I mean, we're going to be 50 years old. The first Nancy's opened in 1974. So in, in another year or so, we're going to be 50 years old. You got a lot of, you have generations of people that have eaten our product. It better taste the same. It better taste the same. If they moved to Atlanta and they remembered it 20 years ago, they re- people, human beings remember flavor. They remembered the taste. Of course. So it's it's our responsibility and the people that open these stores in these areas to respect that and to say, we got to do the same thing. We're not going to cheat and br- bring in a cheaper cheese. We're not going to ch- you know bring in a cheaper tomato. You know, we use high quality products. They're expensive. We charge. We're not, we are not, I would not consider us a cheap pizza by any means. We're a fair pizza for what we give people. And that requires respect from somebody that's going to open a store. And uh, we, we can't be hit or miss on that. <laughs> yeah, of course. And look, uh, you know, a franchisee would be getting 50 years of, uh, of lessons and yeah. 50 years of experience. And, uh, and you hey, know, let me certainly. tell you, I've, I screwed up in the beginning a lot. And I think, <laughs> that, that, really. Yeah, you know, I believe you. That's, that's one of the benefits is like, I'm scared to death to do any of those things again. I mean, it's like, stop here. We don't, we're not going to do that. We're, let's stay the course. And, you know, we'll build up our clientele. We'll, we can do crazy marketing things. and this, But, you know, the product, here's where we are. You know, uh, your sons built and operate the West Loop location. Um, yeah. Your daughter is the corporate chef. Uh, I imagine and she's, uh, she's in there too, but the boys are man. They're the boys that are managing that. Story. And tasked with, you know, the consistency that you, and, and quality that you speak of. And, and your wife, I believe is the CTO. Yeah. She's a tech genius. She's way overqualified for, you know, <laughs> but she's done, you know, she, we just released our app, which we're very late doing that. We've been working on it for well over a year. Um, but it's pretty cool. Um, she all the POS stuff, you know, anything that has to do with IT. I mean, she was a computer programmer manager with Motorola, and you know, she's a she's very very qualified and like I said, awesome. overqualified here. But you know, to get to have the opportunity at this time in our life to be able to work with our kids and you know to bring these these things that we've all. I met my wife at my first restaurant. That, that's really wow. Okay, yeah. and. Uh, you know, so we, we've been in this thing a long time. And I think that mutual respect and, and pride in, in what we've done and, and the ability to bring these products to people, you know, in different parts of the country. And, you know, being able to say at this time, you know, 74% of our chain is original owners. You know, these guys, you know, everybody, you know, all of our owners are just, they're dedicated. They're, they're good people. And, you know, they have that, that spark where they, they want that customer to be proud and, and happy with what we do. So, it's it's a win-win. It's a win-win, and and it seems like it's a you know family business you know through and through. Uh, I imagine those family uh, values that you bring uh, to to the corporate level are reflected in in how the franchisees and the and the partners are operating their businesses as well. Yeah, I mean we 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 try our best for that. You know, again, we're not we're, we're a small chain, but that was you know that was by design. You know, I all my boys played. My daughter was a nationally ranked figure skater. 
my boys um, all played, you know, high, high level AAA uh, hockey. So, you know, we were traveling with them, you know, we were always with them on things. So we were opening stores at a very modest pace, you know, it was a family business. And, you know, everybody we brought in, we wanted to, we, we wanted to, you know what, we don't like to be on top of them. You know, I'm an operator, you know, I'm, I'm a person that owned my own restaurants, you know, we still do. And, you know, we wanted them to know that we're there if they need us, but open your, run your restaurant, you know, as long as they're buying what we were buying, they're making the product right. And today, I'll tell you, it's, uh, I had mentioned this, you know, many times to people, social media, you know, has basically become the test market. You know, if we see a store that's starting to get, you know, social media issues with, you know, things, and we've had a few, you know, it's like, that's, those are our mystery shoppers. You know, I used to have to pay mystery shoppers to go into stores, you know, two, three, four times a a month. And now we don't have to do that. You know, social media lays it out and that our our store owners can see, oh, you know, we screwed this up or, oh my gosh, we had to apologize and we didn't know. And, you know, it's scary, you know, social media when it started, you know, I'm an older guy, you know, it's like, what is all this? But (laughs) it's really beneficial. And if you embrace it, you listen to your customers, you know, it it, it helps them, it helps the store and it helps everybody to be uh, what we want to be. And you know what I've learned as well? I'm excited for you to to launch your app because, and we do this at Slice very well for, you know, the smaller uh, sort of independent brand pizza shops. Uh, what we learned was that consumers are much more willing to leave feedback if they know that it's going straight to the owner or the operator. And so now as your consumers use the app to order from the various 30 plus locations that are, you know, Nancy's locations, you can give them access to leave a review, but that's not going to be published, you know, publicly on the app. It's just going to be feedback for the owner about their experience. The moment we uh, realized that consumers knew that their feedback would just go straight to the owner and it wouldn't be published to the public and it wouldn't hurt the business in some some really big way, uh, it unlocked a lot of uh, a lot of value. So something for you to consider, which is how do you give all your app customers or digital customers uh, an avenue to leave feedback in real time, and then you aggregate all of that into one one database, and you learn really encourage them, encourage yeah. them to do it. I, I agree. I, we we want to hear it. We we want to hear it. Our store downtown in the West Loop, um, it's a extremely it's it is matter of fact, uh, DoorDash lists us as the number one pizza sold by DoorDash in Chicago. So that, wow. that's how busy it is. Okay, and there there's some screw ups. I mean, once you know you. You put green pepper instead of pepperoni and, you know, something happens in the system. But, you know, we give we give people a quart of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. We give them a credit. Sorry, <laughs> You know, that that's what it takes to you always have every day. You have to prove to the consumer that you're worth their business. And it is we've lived through this inflation and everything else. People's money it becomes it's always important to people. But they want to know that they're that if they're going to give you money, that first of all, you appreciate it. And you'll bend over backwards to make sure they get what they expect. And and that's the bottom line for this. I mean, it just that's that's what we're in. We're in a service business. You know, I tell everybody we are the servants of our customers and, and we have to treat it that way. But, yeah, the social media end and the app end, yes, encourage people to give us feedback directly is very valuable. I, I love that. And, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, mistakes will happen. I, I'm a big advocate of, of operators. I, I uh, have a lot of empathy uh, you know, sometimes a customer will get really upset if their order is like five or 10 minutes late on a Friday night. And what I tell them is go sit at a pizza shop on a Friday night and and tell me what it's like. 
before. You know what I mean? So I think there's yeah. uh you throw throw about eight inches of snow on the ground on top of it. So exactly, exactly. So look, a lot of people aspire to build uh, a brand and a presence as great as Nancy's. And I know you've grown relatively uh, slowly and deliberately, but 30 locations is nothing to, you know, to really, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of locations, a lot of operators, a lot of volume for folks who want to aspire to reach that level. Uh, what is some advice that you can provide to them? But would you advise them to, to go down that path? Like, what are some of the trade-offs between staying, you know, a single one or two location brand versus taking the franchise route? Yeah, it, it, it's it's different. It's very different business. You know, today I spend most of my time, you know, with looking at leases, product issues. You know, the last couple of years with product issues have been brutal. You know, factories shut down, you know, things like French fries you can't get, you know, for six months. I mean, there's there's so many of those things behind the scenes that we do for our stores. So being in the store, I still love being in the kitchens. You know, when we open stores, I, I, I'd love to be there. I'd love to be in the kitchens, help, you know, training, watching things. But from this office, you know, the things that, that those stores need, most of the time they don't even see what we're doing. But we're on the, I'm on the phone personally. I'm on the phone a lot with food distributors. You know, what's, gonna, what's happening with the tomato market? We're contracted through June of next year, and they're not, they're not giving out contracts right now. Mm. With all the weather issues they've had, there's so many things. And these are all things that, you know, you have to be ahead of the game on, you know, dealing with the stores. So my point there is if you're going to get into, you know, first of all, if you're a multi-unit operator, you know, your skill set goes from running a store and taking care of customers to taking care of your, your managers and managing, you know, it, it becomes geometrically more difficult to run two stores, three stores, four stores than just one. Well, it's the same thing with being a franchisor. You, your roles in the hat you're wearing are completely different. You know, every day we have stores, we got this problem, we have that problem. And uh, it, it's it's normal. I mean, I, the same problems I've had, you know, it's probably the thing that keeps me in. I, I don't know if I'm just a glutton for punishment or what, but every day I wake up and I'm excited because it is, it's, it's, it's an energy, it's an, it's an action business, the restaurant industry, and, you know, things happen. So solving them is the key and not running away from them. So we have, you know, we have a franchise system that, we want our stores to be independent. We want them to really own their business. And if they struggle, you know, last week I was on the phone with one of our stores. They're, they're struggling with some things. COVID really hurt hurt mm. them, you know, with the financial end of it. They had a dining room, they had to shut down, struggling to find, you know, employees. You know, it just, I'm sure you've heard it, you know, on and on and on. So you have to be, and I don't say this lightly, you have to kind of be a camp counselor as opposed to, you know, active in the camp. You're, you're, you're helping people, you're talking to them, you know, take bringing them out down off of a cliff when they're ready to jump because these things happen. And I've been there, you know, there's been times it's like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going to happen? 1980s, you know, we were paying 22% interest on, you know, we just opened a second store, 22% interest at a bank. You're ready to jump off a cliff. Well, wow. I mean, you know, right. So you go through all those ups and downs and pretty soon, store owners realize, hey, I really love this. I love making the food and giving it to the customers. And if I got somebody that I can call and, and help with these other things, that really takes the pressure off me. So if somebody wants to get into that, that's what they have to choose to be. They have to be there for that. We're probably less proactive. You know, like I said, we depend on, you know, feedback from customers and things. If we see a problem, we're on it. You know, if there's a complaint that comes in, we send it to the stores. We talk about it. Um, 
but we want them to feel independent because I was independent. You know, again, I, I'm not a, you know, some bean counter that came in and bought the company. You know, I, I lived in the kitchen. I, I, I understand, you know, I had to make dough at three in the morning because we ran out. So I get what they're going through. Um, and it's, uh, it's a different business. So you know, again, your question, you know, if they want to go that route, be prepared for different things. Be, be, you have to be that person that's going to be behind those store owners and help them when they need help. If they don't need help, let them go. And I, that's what I do. I got store owners, you know, I'll talk to them, but you know, guys, you're doing a great job. Your sales are going up. Your, your, your reviews are unbelievable. Keep going. They don't, they don't want to see me. You know, they, 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 they want to do their own thing. They want to know their customers, know them as their owner of Nancy. That's what they want. They become the face of Nancy's. And that's what I'm really happy about. Um, if we have some people that are not quite there on that, you know, we have long talks and, and then it becomes a different story. Safe to say it's it's sort of this transition from being a pizzeria operator to a support system and a platform that empowers pizzeria operators. That's sort of the shift, correct? And I see a lot of, we, we've had several people come into our system that are in systems that are on them constantly with everything. And it blows my mind, you know, but there are many people that like that. They want somebody on top of them all the time. Mm we're kind of different in that, you know, we, we give them all the tools, you know, and we'll, we check up, you know, we do what we have to do, but we're not on them all the time. You know, I don't, I don't give them, you know, four hours, you know, a, a week of reports. They got to hand right back to us. I want you spending that four hours with your customers, go get, go that. get more business, go to the churches and go do the things that, you know, you're going to bring customers for the PTA from the local fire departments, you know, that's where they need to be. So again, my thinking, you know, I'm an old guy. Okay, I just turned 67 and I'm going to be a young guy in a few months. <laughs> and, you know, so my thinking's a little different. And it's my thinking is not all about just the money side. It's about giving and getting and getting back because you do the right things for those customers and they appreciate it. And uh, they need the time to do that. So it's, it's a little different philosophy and it's not right for everybody. But uh, for us, you know, the guys that we have, the, I see, keep saying guys, we have many women and men, you know, involved in everything we guys do. Guys and girls, yep. All, yep. all the guys. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I think it's important to them. And uh, they, wouldn't stay, they wouldn't stay around so long if they, if they didn't like something. How would customers, the consumer, how would the consumer describe Nancy's? What do you hope are the, 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 the ways that a consumer would very briefly uh, describe Nancy's and their, their experience with Nancy's? One of the things that I do, and uh, in our, we, have, we have two corporate stores. One's a carryout only and one's a full service. Um, if I'm in the carryout store, I like to answer phones. And when I do, I hear what they order. You know, they'll, they'll, have, they'll talk to me a little bit because I'll ask quite certain questions. And it's amazing if the consistency is, you know, this is our favorite pizza. And, you know, when I come in, you know, there's, you know, this person's so friendly and this person's so friendly. You realize how tied, emotionally tied people are. I don't know if people are that emotionally tied to a burger. I don't know if they're that emotionally tied, you know, to a seafood restaurant. They might love it, but something about pizza. And pizza operators have to understand that there is an emotional tie there. It's like, that's my go-to pizza. You know, you don't hear that's my go-to burger. Right. <laughs> you, know, you don't hear that too often. You in don't. Philadelphia, maybe you got your go-to Philly cheesesteak or in Chicago, your go-to Italian beef, but it's not the same passion as pizza. 
So operators have to understand that it's not that that emotional tie is important and you're going to lose face if, if they lose trust in you. So everything you can do to keep the trust, you know, from the product quality to the service quality, you know, staying open the right same hours, having the availabilities for all your services, all of that goes to the win for the business and for the consumer. They have that win, they're going to be loyal. So what did my customers I think they like that, you know, we, we do our best to be on time. We do our best to make that product right. And and for the most part, our stores do succeed at that. And that that's that's the game. Uh, that's a great way to, to leave things off. Uh, Dave, this has been just a great conversation and such a, an amazing lesson in what it takes to go from a 22-year-old customer of a, of a pizza shop to uh, now an owner and operator of a, of a thriving 30 plus location brand. Uh, thank you so much for the time you spent today and uh, can't wait to watch Nancy's reach uh, store 100 in the, in the near future. With our team now, we're ready. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. This was, this was wonderful.